motion man and fake it to him. A work he sets up. Felton Davis in zone. Diving catch. Touchdown, Michigan State. From WDBM East Lansing, you are listening to Spartan Red Zone, the student voice of Michigan State football. This is the source for the best analysis, updates, and much more for Spartan football. Welcome back into SRZ. Ryan Collins alongside Alex McRae, Eric Bach, Aiden Hunt, and Joe Dandron. Got the whole crew today. Didn't have a show last week because of Thanksgiving. Totally forgot to record. Joe texted me on Tuesday. Just basically was like, I'm home already, so we're not recording. But uh, how, how was the uh, holidays, boys? Uh, mine was great. I really enjoyed being back home for the family. Uh, so I'm only for two days. I had to come back on Friday because uh, girlfriend had a uh, had a little party get together, and then on Saturday covering the Maryland game. So, I I never got never stepped fat foot back in a little old Coldwater, Michigan. I we have Thanksgiving at my uh, at my grandparents, and then I too had to come back Friday for another commitment. Man, the refereeing. Where where's your grandparents at? Grand Blank. Okay, nice area. Yeah. Nice area. Yeah, nice area. How was how was your Thanksgiving? Go back to the Chicago land. I did. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. Just me and my brother this year. Both my sisters live uh, uh, in the Carolinas, so they they couldn't make it up. But got some good football on Thursday. Got to see the Bears win, which doesn't happen very often. It's got irrelevant. See, got to not watch <laughs> the Bills Cowboys game. It was a perfect nap game. It for, was for Thanksgiving it was a night. Good nap game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was it was pretty good. Pretty good. How about you, Joe? It was good. It was good. Um. One of my girlfriends in Traverse City. Nice. Spent Thanksgiving with her and her family. Uh, my parents were down in Charleston, but then I went down to Pittsburgh for the weekend to go to Brown Steelers, which was an experience to say the least. Good game. Good game. A lot of fun. Sad the Browns lost though. Is Heinz right on the water, or is that? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It's a gorgeous, yep. gorgeous little setting. So is PNC. There. PNC's, PNC's nice. Right there with it. PNC is supposed to be like the best it's baseball great. park it's you can go to. Very awesome. Nice. Yeah, but, yeah. As Ryan Collins is wearing a Pittsburgh Pirates hat. Yeah, Big while Pirates we record guy. today, yeah. not a Pirates guy. I just love their hat, so I just bought it. But other than that, I love Thanksgiving. So much going on, it's great. It's the best holiday because you don't have to get people presents. N- that, yes, n- and food is like I. Yeah, I enjoy the food. If you don't enjoy the food on Thanksgiving, I understand why you don't like it. I also love the Friday after Thanksgiving so much. The Black Wednesday Friday. The Wednesday and the Friday, no, but I don't, te- no, because the Friday you get like noon college football games. Oh, true. It's great. It's a nice little perk, and then you got a little college basketball sprinkled in. High school football? Yes, yeah. Finals? That, yeah. If, you're a, if you're a high school you're football a, yeah, guy. Michigan which a lot of people, that's River a big Rouge. deal to them. How about that? That River might have been, Rouge absolutely that slapped might have been Michigan. One, one of my upset. good friends was the White Hat on that game. Could not he believe He did a great job. One. The crew did a great job. I was job. very surprised. And then Mona Shores. Detroit area, what are you talking about? Beat MOK. That was a shocker, too. Yeah, but I with was the, so with surprised. And back and quarterback. Yeah, Jackson yeah. Lumen Christie falls to Puama Westphalia just down the road from us. 14 nothing in the D seven game. Lansing Catholic won too. Yeah, right? yep. So, Lansing Catholic, a bunch of their their closest playoff game was their first playoff game. Yeah, which is crazy. Which is that was against not, Olivet. Olivet, yes. Twenty eight twenty one. Olivet was a good team. Yeah. Olivet is a good team. It's yeah, a but, shame they had to meet in the first round. That's a flawed system, but anyway, that's a what's different it, is conversation. Is Muskegon D3? Yes. yes. Yeah. River Rouge used to play Notre Dame Prep where I went to high school. We beat them one year, so I was very surprised that they won a state championship. Who won D1 this year? Uh, Davison. 
Oh yeah, shout first out Davidson. Yeah, over Brighton. That was a game too. And Brighton upset Belleville on the what, way there. Yeah, what a random game. Yeah, Belleville. The two, arguably the two best teams in the state, Muskegon and Belleville, both choked. Mm-hmm. Belleville in the semi and Muskegon in the final. Is mm-hmm. Belleville that good this year? Yo, they're, they've had arguably Belleville the best picked, roster. That was who everybody was picking to win the state title in yeah. Division One. Yeah, but they lost a lot of guys last year. I don't know. They, I they yeah. did lose a lot of talent. Julian Barnett being one of those guys. Devontae Dobbs. In yeah. terms of guys with the most Division One college football prospects, those teams didn't win. I was very surprised yeah. by that. It's, yeah. it's It proves it was a point in favor of the grassroots high school football type programs this weekend. So it was, it was good to see. I like the little high school football talk we got there, but it's college football season. And unfortunately, the regular season is over. Which sucks. It's horrible. It's I hate it so much. Like this weekend is such a rude awakening. Like you got like a you still got like every slate started game and stuff like whatever. It still has the feeling of college football, but it, it's just not the same. I don't get that random Beth Mowens ESPN two Purdue versus like Iowa game. That's just a stinker that I love watching. It sucks. But moving to some big time football this week. I, 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 another thing about Thanksgiving, it's rivalry week and stuff like that. I saw someone tweet this. I think it was, she, she was like a Michigan student reporter basically saying like, it would be nice if they moved up college football a week before. So students, it's yeah. like a better situation for them. That actually kind of made sense. But, uh. To have Thanksgiving weekend be championship weekend? Yes. That would make sense. It would make sense. It honestly does. Because if you wanted to go, you could probably travel there Except too. down south, if you're starting to play in somewhat mid-August. That might it's be me, unbearable yeah, yeah. weather. It's already unbearable. But. Yeah. But whatever. Rivalry week. What's your guys' favorite rivalry outside the Iron Bowl? And I, none of us are going to say the Michigan-Ohio State game. What's, like, your one game? Not not even in the Big Ten where you just, like, randomly see, you're like, no, I like this game. I enjoy watching it every year. You know what? It's not this week, but it's coming up. It's Army-Navy. Okay. I love watching the Army-Navy game. It's awesome. I th- yeah, that's also the only college football game that day, which is fitting. I love that. Does anyone have anything else? There's two. I have two that come to mind. Neither of them are in the last week of the season, but uh, Oklahoma, Texas is. Uh, they play that at the old Cotton Bowl Stadium at the Texas State Fair. That's they can't do better than that. that and also, mine. is that one's yours? Yep. Aiden Hunt sporting his Auburn shirt today. Oh yeah, in uh, War Eagle, War in support Eagle. of the Tide. But my second one is uh, involves the Auburn Tigers, but it's not the Iron Bowl. It's the oldest rivalry in the South, Georgia and Auburn. Do they it really always, like hate each other? Though? It always produces a great game. It's a great game this year. Yeah, yes, that is true. I, I I can say that Georgia fans hate Auburn, and okay. Auburn fans hate Georgia. Who's uh, Georgia's number one rival? Florida. Is it Florida? Florida or yeah. Auburn? Florida or Auburn? I would say one of the two. Was, I mean, Auburn. They're not like the same Auburn's division. biggest rival is Bama. So is it, right. Yeah. At the yeah. same time, like I don't like I don't know what Georgia and Georgia Tech are like. Yeah, because that is kind That's of that's been rivalry. so lopsided. No, it, yeah, no, it has been. But like, I can imagine like when they had like Kelvin Johnson, Paul Johnson actually had that thing going. Yeah, that thing was like pretty heated when Matt Stafford was at Georgia. Yeah, it was a pretty good era. Time. Yeah, for Georgia Tech and they had Demarius Thomas, yeah. Kelvin Johnson. Yeah, a lot of guys. It's crazy that a triple option school is the one that produces all those guys. It's yeah. pretty funny though because you like see the Ravens and the pros, and Paul Johnson just keeps on tweeting. He's like. They said triple option concepts could never work at this level. Yeah, I know, I saw I'm that. like, okay, settle down, Paul. But I, my favorite one is Louisville, Kentucky. Those people hate each other. Absolutely <laughs> hate each other. That's more of a basketball game than a football N- yeah, game. Yeah, but they hate each other in football, too. It's crazy. This is true. Yeah. All right. 
Absolute yeah. hatred. And I love the checkerboard that Kentucky has in their end zone. That's cool. It's That is one of the cleanest football fields, Do you is know, that checkerboard. My brother always says this to me. He's like, you know they just made that up in the 90s? That's like not, nothing has to do with tradition with that checkerboard It's a in cheap Kentucky. knockoff of Tennessee. It really is. They, they just did that. Kentucky-Tennessee, also a rivalry. But Yale-Harvard. There you go. That, that was last that's week. A, yeah. Okay. That's get protesters. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> only at the Harvard Yale game would you have political protesters and the ca- stopping the, the game. It was so funny. I, I, I get people don't like Barstool, but Dave Portnoy goes, "If you go to Harvard and Yale, you should probably expect this." Right. right. Exactly. He, yeah. like, you go to Harvard, Yale, and Cal. What? what right. Like what? What are you gonna see? But it, it was pretty funny. But let's look at college football playoff rankings. Ohio State at one, LSU two, three Clemson, four Georgia, five Utah. Six Oklahoma and seven Baylor. You really looked at this, and it's pretty cut and dry. I, I is do you really think there can be like other if, if Georgia wins? I still think it's cut and dry. Yeah, no, I mean if if Georgia wins, then Georgia will be probably two, uh, LSU will be four, Ohio State one, Clemson three. I think really right now it's the big three and everybody else. Uh, I I think. No one believed in Clemson, so, though. Yeah. McCray, you think one loss to Georgia would jump undefeated Clemson? Yes. Okay. I think they have if better they wins. Them. I think that if they beat LSU, they have significantly better wins than Clemson, therefore justifying a better ranking. Okay. okay. That's I, fair. I, I can get behind that. I just I have a hard time ranking teams with losses ahead of teams without losses. But what, I mean, what at, you're saying makes sense. To, to be fair, though, at this point, it's really just semantics. Who wears the white jerseys? At, well, because in the point, semifinal, it kind of matters. In the semifinal, as as far as like who's two and who's three, it's a matter of who's one and who's two. Who who is going to see Clemson in the semifinal? That's why Ohio yeah. State and LSU care so much about being number one, so they can avoid being seeing Clemson in the exactly. semi. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, so if LSU where it if, matters, if LSU loses. Then Georgia, I mean, in in this scenario, either Clemson would move up to two or Georgia would be two. Yeah, I guess that's fair. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's just who wears what jersey. Yeah, I guess. But I I, I wanted to make this point. I was starting to talk about this a little bit earlier. Is there really a difference between Utah and Georgia? Yes. No. Ask Paul Feinbaum. Dude, Paul Feinbaum, I thought it was funny. I think it was, that was funny. I that like, does anyone really want to watch Utah? I'm like, yeah, if they're good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that. Yeah, that just that bothered me. That pissed me off because that is such a. I know is Paul Feinbaum part of the playoff committee? No, but I think if that's the attitude you're gonna have as you know a, a big J covering college football, being an ESPN analyst, and that's the kind of mindset you're gonna have towards it, you know what? Are, what are fans supposed to think about the playoff committee? Is that the attitude they have towards it? Like, oh, well, nobody's gonna want to watch this team. Let's not put them in it. I, I do think people believe that, though. It totally invalidates the whole committee. Then, no, if but that's people do believe that. And I know that, and you know, they said, you know, well, it doesn't matter who's gonna be that four, that four spot because Ohio State's gonna spank whoever, whoever gets that number four. But it does still matter. The oh, college yeah. football playoff does matter to a lot of teams, just like the Final Four matters to other teams. Even if you don't win the Natty, you still like are part of the Final Four. No, I, I completely agree with you. I, I personally, watching Utah and Georgia the past couple weeks, I think you put them on a neutral field and it's five out of ten. Like it's fifty-fifty who wins each of those ten games. I truly believe that. I like people will go to the talent that Georgia has compared to Utah. Utah on the offensive side of the ball is flat out better than Georgia. Flat out just better than them. 
Well, I mean, if they're you, better than them. If you base it off of what Georgia has now without DeAndre Swift, without their two top wide receivers, yeah, I, even I would with agree them, with you. Even with that, I, I don't, I, I don't agree with that one. If you look at their numbers this year, they were re- the play calling was in question all year. They really did not put up prolific numbers against anybody on the offensive side of the ball. But who'd they play? Who'd they play? Who did Who did Utah play compared to what? Uh, compared to who Georgia played? They played a top. I'm saying. You look at the offensive skilled position players. You look at Zach Moss. And you look at their quarterback. I think those are two be- like players that I think Zach Moss is better than DeAndre Swift. Compare the losses I, too. I, yeah, I mean, I could, I, I could accept that. No, Zach I'm just Moss saying I don't think it's a very comparable a player at, at minimum to DeAndre Swift. But I, I think that Georgia, if you put them on the same field, would be completely healthy. I think Georgia wins. Probably eight out of ten. I disagree. I think this defense for Utah is pretty good. I think Georgia's defense might be the best in the country. And, and you looked at that USC loss that Utah had on that Friday night. I get it was the USC's third-turn quarterback. You also didn't have Zach Moss. There was a lot of injuries in that Utah defense for that game. So I, I call a spade a spade, whatever. But I, I'm just saying, I just really don't think it's that big of a difference. People are getting so butthurt that Utah might be in the college football playoff. Like settle down. No, they're, I. They're a, they're a valid they're a valid team. I, I, if they deserve to be, if they win, if they beat Oregon, they deserve I to be kinda, in. Yeah, I think they deserve to be in. So I, do I. Regardless, agree. who cares if it's not a blue blood football program? That's the whole beauty they, of the playoffs. Yeah, yes. exactly. That's why they turned it into that. Exactly. Because that's what was broken with the BCS system. Was it right? Yes, so you're right. Putting Utah in there, I that's I think it's fine if they beat Oregon to put them in. I think they should be put in. Well, I think they'd make a good game too because their defense is so good. Yes. Here, let me get this one point in here. Of course, Utah makes the college football playoff if Georgia loses to LSU and they win. Yes. At that point, yeah. they're in. I mean, it's it's that simple. Uh, they just have to make sure that Georgia loses the game. Because if Georgia wins and Utah wins, it'll be they're irrelevant. Be left out. They're yeah, going to be left yes. out. And do you think that Georgia really has a shot against LSU? Yes, I, I, I do. I do. I, I, we'll we'll I talk mean, about that later, but yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah, we, we, we were comparing Zach Moss and DeAndre Swift. Do we? How do we feel about Tyler Huntley and Jake Fromm? Tyler Huntley is better than Jake Fromm. Yeah, he's more, college football wise. He, yeah, his style he, of play is is better for college football than he, Fromm's. He's completing almost seventy six percent of his passes. He he's straight. If you watch that USC game too, they didn't have Zach Moss that game. He was literally their whole team, whole team. I'm just saying, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in Utah. Like, I'm not saying they're going to win it, win it all. I, I think it's like in the same sense as like when Washington made the playoff and played Alabama. And I get they, I think they lost by 17 points. But people are like, Washington doesn't deserve to be here. All this like, la la la, whatever. Who cares? Utah and Georgia, not that big of a difference in my mind. Just saying. And I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think. By the way, is Kirby Smart that good of a coach? Yes. I don't know. He's it, one. What's of, your he's, evidence to say he's not? Yeah. I, what What is the that? The SEC based off championship of? game last year. Yeah, he screwed that up. One and, bad coaching call while in the conference championship game after he won one and made it to the college football playoff the year before. And I don't know won how a national championship. I don't know have. how you can say that's a yeah. bad coach. I'm not calling him a bad coach. What I'm saying is. My thing is, he's obviously the best recruiter in college football, and I don't think there's – it's – you look at him and Dabo and said 1A, 1B, who cares? But, but I'm saying, like, you look at in-game management, there's – if you, like, listen to Georgia fans and people down south, there has been, like, okay, Kirby, what are we doing here? I'm just saying. 
Just saying. I mean, the results kind of speak for themselves. No, they do. They do. And he, he's... I mean, how many games has he lost the last three years? I don't know. Three, since, that... since Fromm's been the quarterback, how many games has he lost? They lost one last year. And no, they, they lost lo- two last year because of the SEC championship game and the cotton. They lost three last year. Because they got beat by Texas. Yep, they lost... didn't want to be there in the Super Bowl. They've lost yeah. one this year, three last year, and then what was it? One the, one the year before? Yeah. No. Because uh, that was the national championship game. They lost two. They lost to Auburn in the regular season two mm-hmm. years ago. And mm-hmm. then they beat him in the SEC championship game. I don't know if, if the fight is really between Utah and Georgia as much as it is Utah and Oklahoma. Because we no, can assume. Oklahoma's not. I, if, they, if Georgia wins, they're in. You th- yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, 100% agree. Yes. Obviously. But if Georgia loses, then it's do we put in uh, a one-loss Utah? You, you are right. That's or what... one-loss Oklahoma. Or one-loss Baylor, if you want to say. Whoever yeah. wins the Big 12 championship. You are right with that fact where people are like, I think Oklahoma should leapfrog Utah, and I don't see any reason for that at all. Obviously, at the, this that, point. I was just comparing Georgia and Utah just like on the field. But you're completely like, when you're talking about rankings, that's what people are arguing Yeah, that's about. what I was talking at about. At this point, the committee value thinks that Utah is better, right? No, yes, or through yes. the regular season. Obviously they're ranked higher by a spot. And I don't see how if both Utah and Oklahoma win this week and Georgia loses, how that opinion on the committee is going to change. But we don't know how big that gap is between five and six. That's fair. I just think that if Utah beats Oregon and Oklahoma beats Baylor, then those are pretty two pretty comparable wins in my mind. I think it depends. And if they're it, already where they yeah. are, and with two comparable wins, I think they're probably going to be about the same. I think it it depends a lot on who, um, what what the results of the games are. That's fair. If Oklahoma blows out Baylor and then Utah squeaks past Oregon, I think Oregon's Oklahoma, gonna win. Oklahoma pops off. I think Utah's going to lose and make it easy for the committee. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people think that. We'll talk. We'll give us give you our pits a little bit later. Other national news, Alabama not in a New Year's Sits Bowl since the last time they played Michigan State in a Capital One Bowl. Well, we, 2011, we, don't, right? we don't know that. They're not gonna sure. they're not gonna be. It's okay. it's it's like I think it's impossible for them to be in a New Year's Sits Bowl at this point of the With year. With the SEC tie ins, Florida, Auburn, and Georgia, if Georgia lose, are still all above Alabama still. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't, it's not possible. So, so I don't think they can get it. Yeah, it looks like a Michigan Alabama Citrus Bowl. Hold it, yeah, hold, I'm sure hold, the hold, Wolverines yeah. are Yippee. happy about that. Yeah, yeah, real happy about that. But uh, and then last thing, Chris Peterson steps down. Surprisingly, that was that was a complete shock to me. I was sitting in class. I got that update. I'm like, what? What? J- Jimmy Lake, great. Vi- I love that a bald guy who wears a visor. I think it's so funny. I don't know why people do that. I got a job for him. But I'm telling you, Jimmy Lake is. They they speak very highly of Jimmy Lake, so I hey, think they'll he, be fine. He's been with the Washington program, I think, since '04. So yeah. he's he's a he's a husky. He's got a look to him too, or so I believe that he's guy. he's a Washington guy. So I yeah. think that's why they're gonna buy in, and he might be their coach week one against Michigan next year. So yeah, who gets a job? They play Michigan next year week one. Uh, I don't know if it's week one, but early season at least. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Who who gets a job sooner, Chris Peterson or Ron Rivera? I don't know if Ron Chris Rivera. Peterson wants to coach. Yeah, I don't know why. He said. Washington's a pretty good situation. It's week one next I mean, year in Seattle. Yeah, Michigan, Washington. Ooh, it wasn't like it's not like Chris Peterson wasn't getting paid like an elite head coach. He was making like four point two million. I mean, it's the not. Thing about it's it, not though, like his program had really gone downhill. Sure, seven and five this year isn't the ideal start, and but I mean. He's he's done well recruiting in the past. He just needed to get his guys in there. He lost a lot of them last year, so 
it would make sense as to you know why he would have a down year this year. Yeah, but I don't like he was super vague about like he's like I'm stressed. Like it sounds like he's definitely like having some medical issues. It sounds, it sounds like Urban Meyer leaving Florida. He's left the door open to coach somewhere else. That's yeah. right. It, it's not yeah. a, like he, he hasn't been definite. Or he keeps on going. I don't know what my future is. So maybe he wants to go take a step in the NFL. He is only 55 years old. Yes. So he still has a lot of coaching in front of him if he wants it. But we'll we'll leave that to uh, when the maybe he'll when the real news hits. Maybe he'll coach an NFL like Bob Stoops. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Did you see the XFL jerseys came out? They're pretty cool actually. I'm, not bad. I'm honestly not not too big of a fan. They look like the created jerseys, like the random generated created jerseys from Madden. Madden's created jerseys are the worst in any sporting game. Ever. I know. They and... give you like two numbers. I'm like, come on, man. It's explode the budget a little bit. Man, what how they ruined that game, I will never know. But they ruined it. It sucks now. And I still play it like twice a week, but whatever. <laughs> Let's move on to the most important news around the country, Michigan State, Maryland. <laughs> Program win. Program win. Me and McCray were covering a game. You guys were not. You guys, How did you guys watch the game? How, how empty did it look on did TV? You, did Bo- you watch the game? Bold of you to assume I watched the game Yeah. with, with all the other did better, you watch better the game? games on TV. Did you flip over every once in a while? Every once in a while, yeah. Okay, that's I had fair. to work. I watched the first half. Yeah. Then I listened to you and you and Stearns. Shout out Nathan Stearns. And then I had to go to my game. So I, yeah, it is. I looked at halftime. I was like, oh, Michigan State won. Yippee. Yeah, I was streaming it on my laptop while watching the Iron Bowl. Yeah, there you go. I had the laptop. I had my laptop with me, and then I also had the Iron Bowl on TV, and it was, I was much more distracted you know, by the Iron Bowl. I'm right? not gonna name names, but there were some people in the Michigan State press box doing the same thing. Oh, I, I mean, I had the t- <laughs> we were call, we were calling the game. We had the TV on. I would look yeah. at every TV time. I would yeah. see what's going on. But I mean. Th- thanks FS1 for scheduling Michigan State at three thirty with the Iron Bowl. I and Minnesota Wisconsin, which was a game I wanted to watch very badly, yeah. didn't get to see that. But whatever, I was flipping between that game too. That was man, snow that... game too. Snow game. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, but snow game. That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, Michigan State able to pull out a rock fight against Maryland, nineteen to sixteen. Brian Lewerke goes thirty for forty-one, three hundred forty-two yards, two ints. And one rushing touchdown. Spurs only have 88 total rushing yards. Brandon Wright's red shirt is burned, so they have three running backs in the same class. Graham Couch was not happy about that on his Twitter and in the press conference. Trey Mosley also burned his red shirt. He had eight receptions, 73 yards. A couple really big time catches. He had a re- that that was that was a big game for Trey Mosley. He's promising. No, that I very yes. promising. He had a very nice game. He actually showed you that he has capabilities not to just be oh, he'll have a good game every once in a while. He looks like a guy who's gonna be a fixture in the next couple of years. And they got a lot of wide receiver talent on this team. We're gonna yeah. talk about what they're gonna look like on offense next year in a little bit, but I digress. Maryland able to run the football pretty easily on the Spartans, 164 rushing yards, not including the sacks, because it, Josh Jackson like had nine yards rushing in the stat books. I think he had three or four times where he scrambled, able to get eight or seven and like ten. Anthony McFarland, who just declared for the NFL draft for going his junior and senior year, had eight carries, 134 yards, one TD, electrifying, like I believe 68 yard run. I, 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 and the Michigan State defensive side, Noah Harvey had a pretty nice game, eight tackles, one set. Kenny Willis just breaks Julian Peterson's school record of 
tackles for loss, I believe, at 48 and a half. I believe he's at 49 now. He had two and a half on Saturday. Alongside grabbing one and a half sats, probably should have had another one if he didn't face mask. Josh Jackson. But Matt Codlin, four for five, had a pretty nice day. Long 40-yarder. And then after the game, after a win, D'Antonio gives them program win hats. Did in 2012 when they went sits and sits and beat Minnesota on the road. What are your thoughts on the program hats before we dive into the game? I mean, I... Did you care? I didn't care. No, Why did people I, care? I, I, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. I mean, it's it's just kind of a rah-rah coaching tactic that you, you hear of from guys like this all the time. Will it have any effects going forward? I don't know. I don't really think so, but it'll be what it will be. Okay. Is I, it to me? Yeah, I mean, Joe Dandron, I think, spilled ranch in the yeah, studio. Yeah, I spilled ranch on my pants. So I'm very confused what's going Program on. Program hats. Also, I'm just going to cut you off yeah Eric. please please the program win hats i thought it was just kind of like digging for a storyline type thing it was just kind of like i'm not no it was, was kind of like, like it was kind of like a thing that was just like why did you do that i get in 2012 he did it but yes. it's like why do you i don't know it was just kind of dumb i i didn't care he's d'antonio is so into those gimmicks it's like the ring at big 10 media days mm-hmm. when he was talking like, about that rose no, is the cufflinks the cuff that's what yeah, it was and it was like George Curlis's cufflinks or whatever like it was. Biggie Munn's cufflinks. They worked. No, I, he is into that. He's a, he's a definition of like a football guy where he just loves no, cliches. Yeah. He loves all that stuff. I th- I think you saw Darian Harris on Twitter basically say like people don't understand the process. I still have that sits and sits hat in my closet. Like la la la. I don't care. No one cares about it. I thought it was pretty funny. It's like I thought it was funny. I got them four dollar hats. People can yeah. relax. It's yeah. like they're they're Nike hats. There's no way those were four dollar. That's what he said though. That's what he said in the press. Okay, who cares? I mean, if you're if you're buying a hundred of them, maybe. If you're a Nike school, they're four dollars. Now we're I talking guess. about supply chain yes. management here. Mm-hmm. Number um, one on the country. Purchase. What else we talk about? So well, with with I, this football team in front of us. He, here's my take on this whole thing. Michigan State. Like that whole thing of the program win hats and yeah. oh this is chip we, on the shoulder. We, uh, it's like okay, you went. That's all well and good, but you're celebrating going six and six. Yep. Like that's where we are now. I mean, if that's if that's where we want to be, then then that's great. But yeah. it, that is such a indicator of how far the program has really fallen. So these past four years, if this is what we're doing. I agree with you, and you have to look at the context between the 2012 team and the 2019 team. A lot different situation. Very different. Yeah. I mean, the Kirk Cousins years, we look back on those with admiration, but they weren't nearly as good as the Connor Cook years. Right. Not even close. Uh, I mean, they they, they had they had good the year, runs. The they year, were ranked highly. No, the year they, they lost in a Big Ten championship team is comparable to some of those Connor Cook teams. Yeah, but in terms of what they accomplished. Yes, you're correct. And in, in terms of in, in terms of the standards that were set and the the expectations coming into the 2012 season compared to the expectations coming into the 2019 season, correct. I think no, but very different. I'm, no, but I mean, I think the expectations were higher in 2012. They were a preseason top ten team that year. If you look back at it, they were a preseason top fifteen team this year. No, I know, I know, both high expectations. I'm just saying, and I think it's different because. You looked at that roster. They had some dudes on that roster. And I think last year, 2012 is more comparable to 2018. Like, you can make that, like, like description because the offenses were so bad and the defenses were so good. But this year, completely different situation. You graduate a lot of guys. 
I know Le'Veon Bell and Deion Sims left off that team. One thing that's similar, you don't know who's going to start a quarterback next year from that team. But I, At I, least I, in 2012, they had hope with Connor Cook when he came in for the Buffalo Wild Wings Yeah, Bowl. but he didn't generate – Connor Cook was not good, not that good when they went to the Rose Bowl. People forget that. Uh, he was he was a serviceable quarterback. He, he After the Iowa game, he was better than – like above average. And then he would he would throw a pick every week that would be like head-stretching, but the defense was so good it didn't matter. But uh, uh, talking about this game, I mean, Lewerke wasn't that great. He threw two bad intercept. He threw one bad interception. The other one was a pretty good play by the cornerback from uh, Maryland. But that one at Gillespie has got to be in the back of the end zone. That was just a complete underthrow. When I looked at this game, it's going to be one. I went, People were like, wow, they're in a game with a 3-8 and eight Maryland team. This was different than them playing Rutgers last year and almost losing. Maryland actually has some sort of talent yeah. on this roster. And Rutgers like, is their own league of bad. Like, yes. like we said, Anthony McFarland declared for the draft. The guy is a legitimate NFL prospect. Yeah, he's, he, probably, he's he'll be very in, good. He'll go in the first four rounds, for sure. I don't know about that. I mean, his yardage this year was pretty bad, but last year was phenomenal. He averaged almost eight yards a carry. For Maryland, had over a thousand yards as a freshman. He was really good. I don't think you leave that for the NFL draft if you're not going to go in the top four rounds. If you're leaving two years on the board, that's what I'm saying. No, but I, I, I mean, I don't really have any strong takes about this game. The defense looked all right. They allowed a lot of big plays. I think Xavier Henderson is a little bit of a concern in that back end tackling, but at the same time, as a guy who didn't play a lot before he got like his starting position this year. Kari Willis was a guy like that people had a big problems with with his tackling and his angles when he first like took his position. So that's something you can develop. But I, I think we want to look at the larger picture of this MSU team. And I, I want to take a look at this senior class. When you look at the senior class, they went 26 and 24 for, for the four-year seniors, not including a couple five years like Tyreek uh, Thompson and Kenny Willis, who were both on the— Lewerke, too. Lewerke, 2015 college football playoff team, not including that, 26 and 24, had a 10 and 3 year in there, had a 3 and 9 year in there. How It's a weird time in Michigan State because there was a lot of turmoil at the beginning of their stuff. They had a really successful year, their sophomore year. How do you remember this class? A class of missed opportunity. Think so? Yeah, I think so. I mean, did they did they do some good things? Yeah, certainly. But is there anything that you'll really remember this class from? Like, what what's what's a memorable moment for having lots class? of potential? Yeah, I mean, I th- th- think ten years down the road, beating Penn State twice is probably their highest marks, and beating Michigan on the road their sophomore year. Yeah, just their sophomore year in general, probably. Yeah, I mean, I I can agree with that, but in terms of when you compare it to Kirk Cousins, that class, when you can when you compare it to the classes. During the twenty, you know, before twenty fifteen, uh, it you're gonna think of those classes far before you think of any anybody from this. class. No, obviously, but I, I, the thing about it though, they showed like a lot of flashes and stuff like that. That's why I'm curious, uh, like, what your guys' take is because they they had some good moments. And you look at Brian Lewerke in the record books at Michigan State; he's pretty high up there in most of the quarterback rankings. But you get people who basically act like he's Tyler O'Connor, like they're not in the same conversation. So it's hard to differentiate missed opportunity and what they did on the field because I think Kenny Wilkes is one of the better defensive players Michigan State's had 
the last 10 years. His, his 2018 season is definitely going to be memorable to me. Yes. That's, uh, he's he's a special that defense, player. That defense will be memorable. Yeah. I agree yeah. with McCray that this is going to be a team of missed opportunities. I also think it's going to be a team that fans look back on for years and just debate about what the issues were. Yeah. I had a good talk, not even a talk, it was just uh, brought up last night during the basketball game, which was also quite disappointing. Not good. Not good at all, uh, about what the issues were, and my friends were very quick to blame Brian Lewerke. And I was very quick to defend him and say there are X number of reasons, including five guys in front of him, that you could blame first. That's the biggest problem. And... I, I just think that it's going to be something that, that Spartan fans for years and years talk about why this team under under accomplished or under you know underperformed, and I think it's just going to just be a constant cycle of just bad, just I, blech, gross. I think it's easy to, especially and that's a good point you talk about because it's easy to blame the quarterback Brian Lewerke, and when they were good, when they went ten and three, he had a really good year. I mean, like, because then when they were bad last year, seven and six, there was a ton of issues. The injuries just piled up. There was a lot, a lot of issues with that offense that year too. That I think could be, and I mean, and even he was hurt, Ryan. You know, after that Penn State game. Yes. And I think it's different, especially if you like. I'm just gonna. I guess I'll just use this as an example. Being someone who like wasn't really like a big Michigan State person before I came here. Yeah. Growing up, like I don't. Like, that's not, it wasn't a huge part of me. Like, oh, they made the playoff, all this stuff. It wasn't something that I was like super, super, you know, like, yeah, I watched them get smoked by Alabama, but I was watching it with people who are Michigan State fans. I mean, I grew up rooting for Ohio State, obviously. I think when just being here, not really having like that previous thing of for me, being that really embedded into my life, I thought it was like kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, they were bad that three and nine year, they were good in 10 and three year. And then this year it was just like it's just a lot of issues. I think there was just and then the seven and six year too. What I'm gonna remember the most is gonna be beating Penn State on that field goal, beating Penn State in the last second touchdown, beating Michigan when they went ten and three. I'm not really getting I mean, like, I'll remember this last season, but it's also like, you know, I guess it's not whatever, but it's also like I don't know if they were ever a premier they weren't really a premier program when I started really paying attention to them, I guess. No, the thing I wanna the last thing I'm gonna say before I throw it to Bach and we'll move on to other things. I think there's a lot of name recognition with these guys at Michigan oh, yeah. State because they all like basically played three years. Like when you, you look back and you're like Kenny Wilkes, he was a beast. Joe Bocci, he was a beast. Raekwon Williams, he was a beast. Mike Ponishuk, he was a beast. Brian Lewerke had a really nice sophomore year. Like like you will like look back and be like have fond memories about these guys, and at the same time you'll be like, but they never what really happened? Did yeah, they never did that. That's why it's such a weird well, and like because they they were productive players that. Each point, like some point of their careers. Go yeah. ahead, Bob. I'm just going to interject here okay. really quick. Uh, Brian Lewerke might be one of the most divisive Michigan State football True. players among the fan base that I've seen in my lifetime. Probably, yeah. Just, I hate to be like the bearer of negativity here, but the 2017 team, which was by far their best season, you know, you talked about those that those wins against Penn State being like their defining moments, Collins. Yep. In 2017, they walk it off after the three-hour rain delay against Penn State, a top-ten-ranked Penn State. But then they go into Columbus next week and get curb-stomped. I mean, it wasn't close from the opening kickoff. They got a first down, I think, with LJ Scott, like the first play of the game, and after that yeah. they didn't do and, anything. Was it 49-0? 48-3. 48-3, yep. So, Wasn't I mean, good, yeah. that's... 
those types of games, I mean, that's they never were gonna on be that the level. legacy. They'll never be they you were know, never on that level. Thirty eight nothing in Madison, thirty four ten in Columbus this year, forty four to ten in Ann Arbor. Yeah. Which is what I think the that, people in this state will remind them of. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, I thought that was interesting to touch on before we move on to the future of this program. Excluding some of the guys we just mentioned, any positivity you've seen on this roster this season that you did not expect? One big one, Antoine Simmons. I was, that was going to be mine. Antoine yep. Simmons, I think, earned himself a First cap- of all, he should have been the MVP of the team, but yep. I'm not going to. I think they just give that to a senior or something, but Antoine Simmons was clearly the best, team, best football player on this team. I think Antoine Simmons earned himself a captain's role next year. Oh, I think he is going to be I one. I think Antoine Simmons earned himself some NFL draft looks. Oh yeah, I agree. He's been he's just been unbelievable on on this on this defense that coming into the year everybody thought this was going to be one of the best defenses in the country. Very quickly that kind of fell off, and I think you know there have been a lot of issues, and of course Kenny Wilkes's leg break in the bowl game last year probably had a huge effect on his play this year. He still was a, a solid player. Still first team all bid time. Exactly. Joe Bocci's suspension really put a damper on his senior year. Raquan Williams played well, but still wasn't, you know, the didn't have the effect that everybody thought he was going to. I think the one person that really overachieved was was Antoine Simmons. And he he was a very, you know, consistent staple of this defense in, in every part of the field, whether he was rushing or whether he was playing coverage. I think at that line, linebacker position, I think Michigan State is pretty good next year with him and Noah Harvey. I, I think everyone agrees with that. Noah Harvey actually has surprised me in the last couple of games. He's a fast guy. Yeah, he flies I, for the football. I, I remember seeing Noah Harvey in the spring game and thinking, okay, this guy this guy has some has some game. I could see him yeah. doing pretty well. Uh, I know Michigan State's done a pretty good job recruiting linebackers the last couple of years. I think their linebackers have been some of their strongest players uh, over the last four years, which yep. is not – I mean, the rest of the team hasn't been all that great, especially on – the offensive side of the ball, I think when it comes to looking forward for Michigan State, I th- you have to just look at the offensive line and say, where where's the talent at? Uh, you know, at they, the same they time. They have Devontae Dobbs, right? They, they've started a lot of freshmen this year, and at times those guys have looked really good, so you have some hope for those guys. Samak, Duplain, and, and Dobbs have all looked very serviceable to say the least at times but you need some consistency and I think at this point that's really what they need to try to do for the bowl game going forward trying to get some more reps together with a a younger unit no but when you really look at it they return a lot on the offensive side of the ball next year basically they basically return all their skills position players that were affected this year excluding Daryl Stewart but except Brian Lorkey. And I, I, this is going to be the big question all spring, all summer. Who plays quarterback for Michigan State next year? We already talked about this. And, and what does this offense look like next year? Is Brad Salem the OC? What are the odds of that happening? The way this program has sounded the last three weeks, and after the Michigan game especially, it sounds like they're basically going to run it back. And, and I, I don't, they've given me no reason. I think there will be changes in the offensive staff because there, a lot of the guys' contracts are up. But you're, Jim Bowman's going to retire. I think that will happen. I, I think you've heard rumblings of that. And they're going to flip-flop again with the offensive line. But other than that, I 
I don't see any changes happening to this offense, and I think Rocky Lombardi's your quarterback when you play Northwestern. That's sad. I'll tell you. It's a sad thought. If Rocky Lombardi can work in college with the right system, this is not the system for him. No, I I just don't think he's very good. Yeah. That's just, I mean. I could see a system, if you look at, like, Dan Mullen's systems early in Mississippi State where it was involved with a quarterback run game, because he's an athletic guy, and I think he's a He's a a strong guy, Yeah, He's a power power quarterback. Yeah, yeah, he's, like, he's... Not Dak Prescott, but before Dak Prescott, I forgot what this guy's name was. They had another guy kind of like Dak Prescott. Didn't throw the football as good. Think, but, think like Nick Fitzgerald. Yes, basically, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You just he had to make a throw every once in a while. I could yeah. see that working, but that's not the system you're playing here. I, I, I would be curious to see if they'd go, go look in the transfer portal for some grad transfers. I think the guy that they, have, they, have, they have to try to get is Jake Bentley. I yeah. Mean, he, he fits the scheme. He's a senior. And he's been very productive in a very good conference. Will he come to Michigan State? That's that's a totally different question. But should Michigan State be gunning for that guy? One hundred percent. Yeah. Why not? Why not? You're completely right. And uh, I, I, I do. You, I. What's your expectations for this team? Does I? You looked at the roster and you're like, they could be decent. Like they have like sort of talent, but you, there's no trust in this coaching if, staff. If the coaching staff remains the same and Rocky Lombardi is the starting quarterback next year, they don't make a bowl game. Okay. They don't that I mean they have a tough schedule next year. They have a very tough schedule next year. I don't think it's as tough as people th- like actually think it is cuz you really look at it. I mean, at they, BYU, they play BYU, on the road at BYU, which will be tough, but people are talking about at, at Iowa won't be as tough as it would be this year. New quarterback for that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it that that will be a game that's a toss up. I think BYU still a toss up. Penn State on the road is Th- tough. Yes, that will be tough. Ohio State's a loss. Yes, and Michigan's Michigan. probably a loss. Yes, I'm just saying. But you Miami. get those teams at home. Miami's Miami. a toss up. Yeah. Who knows what you're gonna get from them, especially early in the year. Yeah. I, I mean, I, early in the year this year they looked real good though, against Florida. You think the U's good, Joe? They're not good this year. I'm saying their look, coach is not good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Taco, that was a swing and a miss of a hire oh, there. I know. Jeepers. I know. Who, Manny Diaz? Yeah. yeah no, he, you know, I like Manny Diaz. He fits Miami. I was going to say, let's give him more than one year yeah. at the Reigns. I know, but uh, granted, they, but he was the defensive coordinator. I get it, but they they whiffed on the Tamar thing, too. There are indicators of coordinators that aren't ready to be head coaches, like lack of discipline. You know, no accountability. Like the Miami is one of the leaders in the country in penalties. They, I don't know. It seems like they're more concerned about the turnover chain looking good than they are actually they lost winning to football FIU. games. Yeah, crosstown rival. Butch right. Jones revenge. Butch. Revenge game. Yeah. What can that guy coach or not? Who Butch Jones? Yeah. definitely can. Okay, definitely. Can. All right, I'm sold. You like like, <laughs> like think about it. That he, was all he needed. Yep. <laughs> literally turned around the Miami program. Turned around a UNC program. Yeah. I, 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 he might have been doing some stretchy uh, stuff. I was going to say, yeah. might have cheated his way into yeah. that. But, yeah, I mean, uh, what, what hey, you, we don't get do caught. what you got to do, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. But, I mean, Bush Jones coach. But other than that, I mean, I, you're going to hear a little bit more. I don't know where Michigan State goes. It sounds like they're going to play Pitt in a bowl game. I think we're going to have an episode next week, so we'll probably talk about wherever they land. But Michigan State, super disappointing year. No, no bones about it. And you, it, you can't – I don't think you can do any – Search and just be like, there's any success this year because it was a complete failure. Can we go over our preseason predictions? That oh, would be no. not sweet. That would be oh, not sweet. No. I had Michigan State going 11 and 1, so. 
I don't even remember what I said, but I know it's going to be bad. Yeah, not. We'll look at that next week. But I had Michigan State doing eleven and one away in the Big Ten, so not good. Yikes. Not good. It sounded like a homer, but let's look around the Big Ten right now. Wisconsin spoils Minnesota's party. Had game day there for the first time ever. Gets gets back Paul Bunyan's ass thirty eight to seventeen in the snow. That was great. I loved that, but I didn't get to watch the game. But Minnesota. Do they go to New Year's Six Bowl? I was wondering. I, that. I don't think so. They dropped to 18 in the AP poll, so, no. so probably yeah. not. Uh, I I loved seeing Wisconsin win though, because I I think Wisconsin is a very good football team. I think they deserve to be ranked highly. I, Jonathan Taylor is a truly dynamic player. We saw what he did against Michigan State. It, he's a very very special running back. I think Jack Cohn's a serviceable Big Ten quarterback, and their defense is really good. I you haven't heard a lot about Wisconsin ever since they lost to Illinois. They've fallen off the national radar. You're 100 yeah. percent right about that. But you now just, they're ranked eighth. Yes. I know, which is weird. But like at the same time, I, I I'm curious to think what like Wisconsin fans think about uh, Jack Cohn because he he looked fantastic when we saw him against Michigan State. Well, I mean, who didn't? Yes, I know. When you're playing zone coverage, 15 yards downfield, I think I could have picked apart that defense that day. That was but, an interesting trip. Yeah, that was an interesting defensive scheme. But other than that, I mean, do you go to Mertz next year? There, there's so much hype around that guy. No, I, I think Cone is the safe yep. option. I mean, if if Mertz, you know, they throw him out there and he's dynamic against some other. You know, lesser opponents in a blowout. Maybe you think about it if, you know, Cohn is struggling in a big game at halftime, say he's thrown two picks and is completing under 50%. Maybe you throw him out there in the second half. But I think this is Cohn's job until he loses it. All, and we'll move on to the Friday, the Friday night game, the Heroes Trophy. First of all, we're, by the way, we're going to talk about what's the best trophy in the bid time after I name off all these trophies that happened in Rivalry Week. I, Iowa, Nebraska. Heroes Trophy, fake rivalry, but I was able to pull it out <laughs> in Memorial Stadium. Iowa always has a good kicker. It doesn't matter. They always have a good kicker. I swear. Like, they just won always... them a lot of games. Yes, I know. It's crazy. Crazy. Nats, eight with Indiana. I thought this game was over at half. Turns out it went to double overtime when I checked it today. 44-41, to 41, big win for Indiana to get to eight wins. Looking themselves probably at an Outback Bowl. Yeah, hey, never... Never sleep on the Indiana Purdue rivalry. That's a that's old a, oaken bucket. A real one. People don't like each other down there. Yeah, that's more basketball though. I was gonna it say is, it's it just is like more basketball. Kentucky thing. But no, but yeah, the, I think I think Louisville similar. Kentucky they care about football more than Indiana Purdue basketball. You're you're right because typically both teams are really bad. Yes, but with Indiana being as good as they are, it was a it was a get up game for Purdue, and you saw that in the uh, in the end. So it's been it's been a while, at least a few weeks before we made or since we've made fun of Ryan Collins' spelling ability. <laughs> Here we go, Lafayette, dude. I, in oh, West Lafayette, oh no, is spelled L A F F A T T Y E. Lafatia, Lafati, Lafati, la 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 la. Man, Lafatia. Heroes trophy. Collins isn't much for apostrophes either. Lafati. I don't know why you guys want me to be grammatically correct on a. Preparation. No, you don't something that, I, just, I just think well, it's funny. It's like we He's don't got want, a point. We don't want Joe to trip over the cord, but he does every single week. Time that so. I walk into the studio. Yeah, yes, we know. So. Okay. <laughs> I, also, Miss, guys, I just want to say, Minnesota, you said they fell to 18? Yeah. Yeah. In the AP or yeah, the college one loss, football? right? Only two. No, the two oh, losses. Two. Then uh, the 
What? Yes. What, are they 18 in they AP lose or college football? Uh, Iowa. CFP. Iowa. Iowa. CFP, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. on the road. Okay. I was about to say Penn State, but I'm like, no, they beat no, Penn State. Yeah, it was no. a big win. Yeah. But uh, Landon Lincoln, ill. I can't believe Illinois just laid a stinker. I understand that Brandon Peters didn't play in this game, and Robinson, their backup quarterback, didn't look very good for them. But Northwestern sucks. They came out so flat in that oh. game. Northwestern ran their version of Rocky 10. Lombardi out there. Yeah. Yeah. He was actually pretty good, too. Yeah. They they were like, the reason he hasn't played this year because he sucks in practice. That's what they well, basically said on the broadcast. Uh, well. It was pretty funny. I was laughing. You don't play if you don't play in practice. Yeah. I, that I, is, the, they, they threw him in there. I, wow, it worked, it worked. I guess. Second win of the year, right, for Northwestern? He's one Third. Third. He they played Rutgers. Yeah, right. Yeah, they not, almost beat Stanford. How about Stanford being terrible this they, year, too? Yeah, they had a big lead on Notre Dame and kind yeah. of left that up in the final. And did you see the David cover Sh- at the end? No. It was the baddest beat of the year. Last, Like one of the last plays of the game, uh, Notre Dame was minus six and a half, I think. Or yes. Something. And and they were up like four. and they were So Stanford was about to cover, and Notre Dame strip sacks the quarterback in the end zone like on the last play of the game to, to cover. It was the worst beat of the year. Unlucky. Hey, not Ryan, good, not good. You know you can come in a lot faster, and it's not going to affect the show as much, Ryan. Did you get Ryan your... Rabinowitz is joining us for the pick-em. He's not in yet. Did you get your yet. pizza? I did. Oh, thank God. He, he, yeah. Ryan Rabinowitz is complaining about his pizza. He will be on the pick-em segment. Host, host of the Mo- Motown Rundown, host of Green White Report. Can I, take, can I take this mic from McCray real quick? Yeah, yeah what are you going to say? No, I got pizza, but I Trent texted me, Trent Bailey texted me at 7.05 and said, the pizza's gone, don't bother coming. And I was like, <laughs> what, are, like what are we doing? It's, oh, it's currently 8.40 p.m. I don't get paid. To do anything. Well, All I asked was for a slice of pizza. You got two, so settle down. I actually got four. Slow and, oh. slow and found. Oh, I'm fine now. I got a cookie, too. Oh. But I'm just saying well, initially I was thrilled. about? Jesus. Well, it's 7.30, then he goes, no, I saved you two slices, so I'm okay. fine now. But sorry. Okay, you'll, you'll, be on, you'll be on in about five minutes. But another game in the Bid 10. Penn State played Rutgers for some reason in the last game of the year. Stupid. Bid 10 scheduling people are a bunch of idiots. Michigan State Penn State should play the last game of the year every single the year. It's the dumbest thing ever. They have a built-up sort of history. I know it's not a great history. It's better than Penn State playing Rutgers and no one watching that game on BTN. Is, is Michigan State Penn State's biggest rival? No. No, it's they, Ohio State probably. Yeah, they, Penn State Pitt. doesn't... No, it's not. That Pitt, I'm just kidding. Penn State we're, fans... We're, we're Penn, going, we're Penn State Penn State yeah. doesn't have rivals. The thing about it is they hold the Ohio State game and Michigan game up to that level, and Ohio State and Michigan don't reciprocate that like at all. Penn State fans are a bunch of weirdos. Because Penn State fans like don't they don't think it's a rivalry between them and Pitt, or is yeah it, they, they don't respect it's like, Pitt. It's yeah, a bit, it's, it's like, like a Michigan Michigan State type of thing. It's but stupid. they don't play any. They've probably played their last game for another ten years this year because yeah. they they had they don't have any games on the schedule. So they, Maryland. They That's remember. Remember when Maryland first Stephon got Diggs. into the Big Ten, like the yeah. first year they tried to like have beef with Penn State by they not shaking tra- their yeah. hands at the coin toss. Randy Etzel and Stephon yeah. Diggs. And ever since, and Maryland was like, "Yeah, we're the East Coast Big Ten team," and it just then not Penn great. State beat them by four touchdowns, and that was that. But okay, let let me realign the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I, I'll, it's it, not even realigning it. Just don't be an idiot when you schedule games. Just have Michigan State, Penn State playing the last game of the year if they're going to be in the same division. Yeah, no, I agree. They're, they're in the same division. Yeah. I understand it if you're not in the same division. It's idiotic not to have them play. Idiotic. Yeah. 
I think Graham Couch tweeted, it's like, nothing better than having two games you don't want to watch instead of one. <laughs> Just have Rutgers and Maryland play, so no one has to watch that there game. There you go. Unbelievable. And then the last game, we have to talk about this. We'll probably, I, I don't know what you guys' your tates are, but Michigan gets absolutely spanked by Ohio State again, 56 yeah. to 27. Same old, same old. And, and the, the whole logic that Michigan should not, like, the, the talent gap's too big. It's tough for Michigan competing in these games. Guess what? Penn State competed in a game three weeks ago with their backup quarterback in in Columbus. Yeah. I, I'm so I mean last week that that wasn't three weeks ago. I'm an idiot. Two but weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just so sick and tired of the whole idea that it's impossible for Michigan to get lucky one in five years. You can't one in five years. You can't beat Ohio State. That's crazy. Oh, well, me. you say that to a Michigan person, then they say, "Whoa, the spot in 2016 screwed us out of that win." I don't care. It, you shouldn't have been, You've gotten embarrassed two years in a row. Will Spade shouldn't fumble the ball in the one-yard line that game. You shouldn't throw, throw a pick, pick six. six. Yes. There's a bunch of stuff they did that game. They were the better team that game they didn't win. And, yes, and, and you true. hear Chase Young, Justin Fields saying, hey, we care more about this game. I, I don't know if that's necessarily. No, it's they're just, better. They're just way better. Yeah. And there's something about Michigan is so entitled that they just like don't understand that they need to break down their culture to build it back up. They need to stop doing like you. You're so blessed to be in like on Michigan's campus. We're a bunch of like winners and all this. Like, guess what? You're not winners anymore. You haven't made it to the Big Ten title game since its existence. You need to stop doing it's like uh, the, all the Boisms. Guess what, dude? Bo hasn't been there in like 25 years. He also never won a national championship. Who? Ca- I don't care about that. He won it. His conference was just as important, basically, in That's that time. Fair. Okay. In that time all frame. Right. I, 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 I'll, I'll get behind that. You can celebrate Bo's history, but stop trying to put it in your team now. Like, do you want your team to be successful? How about this? You're not champions if you stay. How about you get a new group of people that will actually give you a tradition? You don't have a tradition anymore. This isn't a rivalry anymore. It ne- yeah. the, the only win they have in the last 17 years is because Bradson Miller was a freshman with Luke Fickle as the interim coach, and Denard Robinson luckily threw a pass to Roy Roundtree. Yeah. So, I... I I'm gonna. I'm so I'm, tired of Michigan and Ohio State. I'm not, like the game. Yeah. It's not the game anymore. Nope. Just stop. And I'm not gonna be like, hey, Michigan, Michigan State's a bigger rivalry. It, that's not true either. This is a bigger rivalry for a lot of reasons. I understand that. But at the same time, Michigan stinks. They stink. They stink. They stink. And I'm tired of them acting like they're on the level of Ohio State because they're not. And the fact that they think it's impossible after they talk all this crap all week hey that we're gonna give them a game with it now yeah. now it's a, oh justin field states online classes our kids do it the right way oh yeah yeah cool cool bro hey, here's cool. I'll, I'll see you in the citrus bowl for the eighth year in a row and they're gonna get run by alabama i have just one thing to add mike greenberg said that this week a hammer and a nail have a relationship not a rivalry nope that's true and that's uh that is what the equivalent of this michigan ohio state game i, I like to point out that and i'm sure many people notice this but if you look at college game day and whatever Fox calls their game day. Big noon. Big noon kickoff. Big noon, whatever. So, of all of those analysts or talking heads, two of them picked Michigan to beat Ohio State. Can you guess who those two were? Desmond Desmond Howard and and Charles Woodson. Desmond Howard and Charles Woodson. Well, Woodson's not a regular on big noon. No, but he's on college game day. No, he's not. Woodson's on big noon Saturday. Woodson was on Fox, but he, he was just on for this game. He's not a regular on that show. I just think it's like, you, you are supposed to be an unbiased member 
of the media. And like it wasn't like I know like Desmond has I'm picked Michigan in every game not ever. Pick Ohio State. I know, I'm not trying to big J everybody, but like if if Kirk Herbstreet treated Ohio State the way that Desmond Howard oh, yeah. treated Michigan, people would be up in arms. Kirk Herbstreet is as fair as it gets. People think but it's that a, game though. Is he really going to pick a Michigan? At the same time, I don't, who, I don't yes. care. If he thinks like, Michigan's yeah. going to win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if that. Michigan was a significantly better team, look back at he the would. 2012 team. Did he pick? Did he pick Ohio State in that game? I don't, I don't know. Seven years ago, I don't know. Who cares? I also, yeah, really, I really don't. It care doesn't about. matter. I was just trying to. I was. I know what out. you're saying. I know what you're saying. That no one really believes in this Michigan program. I'm just. I'm so like. I I don't get where like Michigan fans think that going back to their like past is going to help them in the future. Like they need to figure out that like. They need to do something different, and just I, 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 I hate Michigan, and I, and I, I will say this, and that you'll be like, oh, you're biased. I'm not biased. I'm just telling you how it is. F- straight up, change your culture. Or you're never going to be on the level of Ohio State. It's, a, it's the facts. Yep. Sorry, I'm so fired up. I don't know why that like got me more mad. I'm excited for the names of the yeah, off, yes. the players of the week this yes. week. Yes, we got our SRZ awards. I think next week we should probably do like season awards. Yeah, that'll be good. So this week, SRZ, Tony Pike, Offensive Player of the Week in honor of Alex McRae dropping Tony Pike, I think, every single podcast this year. I'm going to start with Lynn Bowden Jr. And I, I already talked about the Louisville-Kentucky game. Kentucky threw the ball two times all day. Lynn Bowden Jr. had 253 yards rushing and four TDs. He put, he's a wide receiver playing quarterback. I've already named him once this year. That's preposterous in a rivalry game where they absolutely ran Louisville. Absolutely ran him out of the building in Lexington. But I'll, I'll tell you, Lynn Jr. And he's the guy, people are not giving him the respect. He's the guy in the punt video on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking from yeah. the like one inch line and he returns it for a touchdown. Yeah. That's Lynn Jr. So All right. put some respect on his name. Tony Pike. All right. So my SRZ, Tony Pike, Offensive Player of the Week has to be North Carolina true freshman quarterback Sam Howell. My guy. Last week he had 401 uh, yards passing, three touchdowns and one interception. This is more of a, a season accomplishment award. I know we're doing that next week, but this is this is another one for this week. On the season, he has 3,300 passing yards with 35 touchdowns and seven picks. As a true freshman, granted in the ACC, a notoriously weak conference, he tore it up. He was a phenomenal freshman, and he put up better numbers than Mitchell Trubisky ever did at North Carolina. Alex McRae looked me dead in the eyes when he when he said that. That was that was aggressive. Well, okay, is it, was, it is it my turn? Yeah, someone go. All right, my uh, <laughs> SRZ Tony Pike Offensive Player of the Week. I saw his name on Twitter. It's the LSU camera guy. Oh, the guy that followed that shot the Joe Burrow. Yeah. Uh, uh, entrance into Tiger State. You know me. I I like I don't like to actually name players in this segment. Yeah, but I thought that that would be more fit for the Joey well, Ellis Memorial well, no, Unit. No, no, no. This guy. I mean, Burrow. You know, E E A U X on the back. It was just the was whole. Cool. It was it was art. It was art. Of him coming through the cheerleaders bowing down. I mean, it was college football at its core, at its essence. And that guy captured that moment beautifully. So LSU camera guy. And, and he got the attention of, of the ringer's Haley O'Shaughnessy on Twitter. Well, yeah, I saw that. There you go. Yeah, she said, Another I want to tweet her husband. And then he was like, stop. Quick, yeah, I saw that. Quick nice. interjection here. Don't uh, let Tino listen to this podcast. I know. Uh, former Impact alum. I know. Tino. Tino that hates everything. 
Wait, why? Does he hate LSU? No, he hated that video. He said it was just a basic nothing video. Okay, Tino. Let's move on to Aiden. <laughs> My SRZ Tony Pike Offensive Player of the Week is Virginia quarterback Bryce Perkins. So in the 39-30 victory over Virginia Tech, Bryce Perkins had 311 yards passing on 20 of 33 and 164 yards rushing, three total touchdowns. That's a, that's a big game and a big rivalry game for uh, Bryce Perkins. First time they've won in 15 years. In Charlottesville. And it La- sen- sends him to the ACC championship game, too. La- la- who's the last QB to do it? They talked about this all the time during the broadcast on Friday. Couldn't tell you. He's in the NFL right now, plays on the Falcons. Oh, for Virginia? Yep. Don't know. Matt Schaub. Yep. Really? Matt, Matt Schaub was the last Virginia quarterback to win against Virginia Tech. I didn't even know that Matt Schaub still existed. Dude, he actually played co- like well a couple weeks ago. It was wild. But Joe yeah, he had a big, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about, huge game. Yeah. So, hey, my Tony Pike Offensive Player of the Week award goes to South Alabama wide receiver Jalen Tolbert. You definitely Tolbert? just looked this up on the ESPN Stats Weekly, right? <laughs> hey, maybe I did. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't, not on ESPN, but no, no, somewhere he, else. He looked it up on a website called collegesportsmadness.com yes. to find the Sun Belt play, Offensive Player of the Week, Jalen Tolbert. Yes. Fun Belt, baby. Hey, but I still, like it. I still like it. Hey, he had a big game, and he had he has six touchdowns in the year receiving, and four of them were in this game. Wow! And so were 144 of his season's 521 total receiving yards. So he had a big game. Five catches, five as catches, well. So he had a Randy touchdowns. Moss start uh, type of stat line. There. Awesome! Okay. And a 34-30 win over Arkansas State. Okay, I big don't game. Hate, I don't hate the pick. Don't hate the pick. We move on to the SRZ Alec Ogletree Defensive Player of the Week. Alec Ogletree is the most Georgia former Georgia linebacker. Yeah. He was on those, I think, was right after Stafford left there. He was on the Aaron Murray team. Yes. He was the definition of the guy your dad saw when you are watching him play. You're like, wow, the Lions should draft that right. guy. Because he just looked so good on TV. So they're like, yep. you know what? They should draft that guy. Yeah. He's a, he's a big dude who could run. Yeah. Hey. Man, that's the most relatable thing you've said, Ryan Collins. Am I Holy right, though? Moly. Is there, and that's like, I love my how my dad just like works. He's like, when Blake Griffin was in college, he's like, dude, the Pistons should get him. I'm like, dad, the Pistons are like the 18th pick. That's not going to happen, but... Every time someone sees a physical freak, they're like, that's my guy. Yeah. But my Alec Ogletree Defensive Player of the Week is a Georgia wide receiver, George Pickens. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but I, I don't know what the cornerback of Georgia Tech's name is. George Pickens did a WWE move after Georgia scored a touchdown in Atlanta last Saturday. It was incredible. He literally slammed him into the wall. I thought I was going to hear Jerry Lawler in the background. Oh, my God. Oh, he, He's got the title. Like, something like that happening. It was unbelievable. It was crazy. I love George Pickens for just chucking that guy in the wall. Probably can't play an SEC championship game. So that that sucks for you. But other than that, that was pretty cool. So uh, my SRZ Alec Ogletree Defensive Player of the Week has to be Zachaby uh, McLean, linebacker from Auburn. I'm sure Aiden Hunt has fond memories of this one. The 100-yard pick six. That is what McLean was responsible for. He also had 11 tackles and one tackle for loss. Phenomenal game for him. Phenomenal win for Auburn. That is truly a program win. So my SRZ, Alec Ogletree, Defensive Player of the Week, is also Zacoby McLean. 
I uh, gotta rep my Auburn Tigers. War Eagle baby, wearing my Auburn t-shirt. Auburn Tigers. I, I just, I just like to band. He knows. I, everybody I have friends that's... to go to go to Auburn, and I got this shirt when I was down there earlier this year. But uh, I do love Auburn, and I called this game months ago, and that hundred yard uh, interception return was bananas. Matt Jones was better than I thought he was going to be. Oh, but... much better. Yeah. So, can I just make a comment? Yes. I think Alec Ogletree is a little bit too good of a player. To be on this list, the named a, a name on this list. Yeah, like, but he's obscure in the fact. Okay, he, all right. He, he he's like one of those. But there's been some good players That's on fair. here. Right, More than just comparing the truth. Tony Pike and and him. But anyway, Tony Pike was good. My Alec, uh, SRZ Alec Ogletree defense player of the week is Evan Weaver, linebacker from the University of California Berkeley. The what Golden a Bears name. led the nation in tackles this year. He was in first place with 170, I think, two tackles. The man in second place had 148. He led the country by 24 tackles. That's pretty good. It's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, it's not. 24 more tackles than anybody else in the country? 172 total tackles? 172 tackles this year. Yeah. That's like double. Antoine Simmons led MSU during the oh, regular season. That's like died. double. Oops. What, yeah. what, what does that say about the rest of Cal's defense? Yeah, I'm, seriously. Or the, the rest of the Pac-12, like, dude, flies just block that guy. Double him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Evan that's... Weaver, good for you, man. Yeah. All right, so. Machine. My Alec Ogletree, or I'm not even going to reference the spelling in the doc either, but um, he had n- six total tackles and two interceptions. And it was uh, Noah Taylor from Virginia helped the Cavaliers get to the ACC championship, had a big performance in that game, six tackles, two picks. Aiden Hunt is showing the video I just said. That's George Pickens. You didn't see that video? I- I'm seeing it right now, and this man... Was it accurate, the description I just did, when he just chucks the guy in the wall like it was a WWE event? That was wild. Yeah, unbelievable. But we move on to our last order favorite award, the SRC Joey Ellis Memorial Powerhouse Frame of the Week. I'm going with Matt Rule because that. Did you see the story about his like smocking that he wears every week? He basically like he basically wears like a photography like vest over a sweatshirt every week and looks absolutely ridiculous while he's just chewing gum, spits flying everywhere. Yelling Matt at, Rule, yelling Matt, at the officials. Yeah, love, love it. it. He's love. he's such a football guy. No, he Matt Rule is the definition of like a Philadelphia like football. Oh guy. yeah, East he, Coast. No, yeah, like he's got the like gum. Son of a. He's chewing the gum. He's at the like the he raises his eyebrow. I, I like yeah. Matt Rule and I love Baylor for some reason, even though they're like kind of a scumbad like university. Even oh though, yeah. Even though Michigan State's kind of a scumbad university if you really looked at it, but we're not talking about that. But uh, Matt Rule's my uh, nope. yeah. Matt Rule's my Joey Ellis Memorial Frame slash Unit of the Week. So uh, my SRZ Joey Ellis Memorial Frame of the Week has to be Benny Snow. I don't know if you guys saw oh, this yeah. or not. The his mouthpiece had yeah. a spinner in it as he scored his touchdown, his first career touchdown. I thought that was really cool. So for that, he gets the Joey Ellis Frame of the Week uh, award. My uh, SRZ Joey Ellis Memorial Powerhouse Frame of the Week I'm going to go another Auburn player. I'm going to go with defensive back Smoke Monday. Smoke Monday. What who, a name. Who, also, who had a 29-yard <laughs> interception return. That's the best football return. name I've ever heard. <laughs> and that's exactly Job why he is my powerhouse frame of the week. That because that, be, is, that, that has to be a nickname, but that's still pretty sad. I, I, I really hope it isn't. Because Smoke Monday. I was watching that game, and we heard him score the touchdown. And my friend and I looked at each other like, that is a strong name. Very strong name. 
move on. What so, you, hey, it's me. I think did it's Bob me. Not do I his? didn't go. Oh, I just, on every, this entire podcast, I just get skipped. Well, and he, everything. Well, you know, Collins doesn't. If, if Hunt doesn't skip me, Collins doesn't remember my name. Okay. Sometimes. Whatever. That which was is true. That was two just, different times. That was in two the same weeks. show. You were gone for like a month. Sorry. Okay, Joe. That's ridiculous. All right. J.K. Dobbins, because he beat the crap out of Michigan. And he's he is an actual frame. Yes, he doesn't so have a neck. I actually have like it's all shoulders. I'm using the literal translation of this uh, awards. J.K. Dobbins, Joe, please. Who, yeah, who's your fat coach <laughs> this week? All right, so the Memorial Fat Coach of the Week is Charlie Weiss. <laughs> Former. He's not. He's not an active coach, so that doesn't. That, does, <laughs> that was that, the first one he could think of. That, 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 and first yeah, of all, first I'm one. running out of fat coaches. It's been a lot of weeks, man. First, you, did you use the Texans guy already? I, yes, you did. Romeo you, Cornell. <laughs> yes, I used him last time. I talked about a fat coach. There's way more. You why you haven't used Freddie Kitchens yet? He did. He did yeah, use Freddie Kitchens. Is once. that is yo? Is this guy that is that is not Charlie Weiss? Is it? No. No, I don't think so. It's just a That's random. A, I used him before too. I, 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 yeah. I just uh, <laughs> run out of fat coaches. coaches. What? Oh, uh, whatever. It, it's time to move on to the pits because that was <laughs> Charlie Weiss. We're we're moving on. Real quick, Smoke Monday's given name is Quindarius. Okay, thank oh, you. So That's Quindarius still a sick name Smoke too. Monday. It's like ha ha. That's Dicks. still a great name. Great name. Yeah. But let's move on to the pits. Aiden Hunt, how how do we do less? Last, we bring last it, and we're, week. We got to bring on our guest here. No, Ryan Rabinowitz is joining the show, as we already mentioned. Are you going to get up? He's sitting crisscross applesauce right Across now. Across the room. How, so, how, how, Ryan Rabinowitz, how do you feel? Can I share the mic with you? Okay. Yeah. How do I feel okay. regarding what? How, how do you feel joining no, the SRC pickup? You I, said you're going to throw you some guys, chirps out. I was. I just wanted to get involved. I don't know. I want to be one of the boys. You guys You guys put on a very entertaining show. Rabinowitz covered his first MSU football game this past I year. How did. was that? It how was, was that experience it, it for was, you? It was a blast, and I walked into the press box, and I was like, this is all for us? Yeah. The pizza sucked. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. so, okay. so What did you think of the voucher system of well, the meals? I, I didn't hate it. I got a pretzel at halftime okay. with the cheese, which helped. I, I Collins, heard you guys on halftime. That was oh, good. Oh, thank you. Collins took a bite, one bite of the hot dog and threw it away. Oh. It was that My bad. You didn't get the brat early, so it was fine. No, I, I don't. I didn't even know they had a brat. Oh, that's yeah, a game it's changer it's the, right there. Voucher, oh, yeah. But it was, it was, it was awesome. It was good. a blast. Good, 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 good. Um, Glad you I, had fun. I'm happy to be here. I listen to the picks pretty often because I like when you guys tweet it out and like just to see who's doing well. You guys are funny. So not me. Usually, I don't think Collins is that funny of a guy, but he's actually decent <laughs> on the show. <laughs> okay. I don't whatever. mean to come we on your show. Best. By the way, can I ask a question? Who the hell is Tony Pike? Tony Pike Cincinnati. Cincinnati. He's a quarterback. When Brian, Brian Kelly. Kelly was the coach. Yeah. So do you guys just you guys name? It's like an ironic thing. That well, you name every it week we them. name it after somebody oh, it's else. Different? Yeah, every yeah. week. Oh, okay. And so, McCray yeah. finds a way to work the name Tony Pike into the show every week. That's okay, good. Yeah. The, so the yeah. only okay. one though that doesn't change, Rab, is the Joey Ellis Memorial Powers House frame. Yeah, of the week. I got that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't well, think he knows we gave him that award. He doesn't. Yeah. By the way, it's great to be here. Yeah. Special guest, Ryan Rubinowitz, joins the show. But how, how did we do two weeks ago? Because we didn't have well, pits. So no, well. no pick them last week due to Thanksgiving slash the Maryland game was whatever. Irrelevant, whatever. So two <laughs> weeks ago, um, we did collectively really well. So big losers two weeks ago were me and Joe Dandron, three and four. Pretty good. Uh, Nathan Suck Stearns it. went four and three to After avenge his 0-7 his week. Eric Bach, you also went four and three, and then Alex McCray and Ryan Ryan uh, Collins, you guys were the big winners, five and two. So current standings: 
Eric Bach, you're 40 and 41. Alex McRae, you're 41 and 46. McRae, or Collins, you're 43 and 44. I am 46 and 41. Joe Dandron still in the lead at 48 and 39. I, I don't know how he's in the lead. I, hey, I just I don't hey, they, well, understand Eric, it. Eric, you say that you... That makes two of us. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. all I got to say. Fair enough. Okay. Let, let's move on. <laughs> move on to the fir first game we looked at this week. The Friday night Pat 12 championship game. Maybe the dumbest thing ever because no one cares about this game. Fowler Every and Herbie are on it. Yeah, I know. I was going to say that. Fox, Fox does not no longer has the rights yeah. anymore. But uh, ABC, 8 o'clock. Number five, Utah tries to punch their ticket, maybe, to the playoff. They're laying minus seven. And that's the hungry Oregon Ducks coming in 13th in the country. We start off with Alex McCray. So, I'm not sold on Utah. I like Zach Moss. I like their quarterback. I forget his name. We always forget his name. Uh, Tyler Huntley. Tyler right? Huntley, yeah. I think their defense is good, but I'm not sold just because they don't have any ranked wins. Yeah. So, I'm going to pick Oregon to at minimum cover. Okay, well, uh, special guest Ryan Going around, the, just around the horn. Let's here. go. That's a good idea. We'll good swivel idea. the mic. Uh, I agree. I, I'm not sold on Utah. I want Utah to win because I want to see the committee squirm a little bit because yeah. I don't think they put any value on conference championship wins. So That's we'll fair. see. I'm a big Justin Herbert guy. Yeah, big big Justin Herbert guy. At speed kills. I love Oregon. I think they're going to win outright. Okay. Give me the Ducks. Yeah, okay. I said earlier in the show the same thing. I think I said that that. Oregon's gonna make this thing easy for the committee by by winning. Um, so obviously that means I'm picking Oregon to cover and win outright. Yeah, I really hope Utah wins this game. I think it'd be fun to see them in the playoff, but I think Oregon at least covers this this line. I could see them winning outright pretty easily. I just really hope they don't, but I like them to cover. Okay. You know what? Here we hey. go. He's gonna. This is how he's in first. <laughs> what? He's gonna. Pick, he gets a last pack every, gonna, every yeah, week. Yeah. This is how hey. we gotta start. Hey. hey, you gotta start coming around. This we gotta no, go. No. Make him pick we'll two in a row. Yeah. yeah. Make it, no, because he's gonna pick Utah, and Utah's gonna win. He's gonna gain a game on all of us. This is how it. This is how it works. That's how he's in first. <laughs> he, he just goes last and picks whatever we don't. Box face is oh. bright red right okay. now. Oh. He, he we is, gotta speed up. This podcast right. is about to be like two hours. Let's start. Okay. 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 Utah. Okay, you, you him again. Make him go again. I, I will. I will. Right. Okay. Okay. I, 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 same with you guys. I I think seven's a lot of points for Utah, and I really don't get this line because I think Oregon's physical on both sides of the football and will be able to challenge this Utah team. I do think Utah wins, but I think Oregon covers. Move on. Ford Field, baby. Noon All on right. Saturday. ESPN 2. Fire up chips, baby. Central Michigan, minus seven as they welcome in the coach's cradle, Miami Red Hawks in the Ford Field, where it will be a de facto home game for the Chippewas. We start off with Joe Dandron. Oh, man. Fire up chips. That's what I like to Give hear. Give me CMU. I love Jim McElwain, and I love how he's turned around that program. He has sets with Sharks. Move on. I, th oh. I, I think we we messed up. I don't think it's Jim McElwain. I think it's somebody else. That is Jim McElwain. It's Jim McElwain. He's the head coach of CMU. <laughs> he, 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 no, 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 no. There is a Shark sure. thing. The yeah, shark thing? No, that's, I think no, that was Mac that's also Mac it was Mac Wayne. It was when he was at Florida. He was butt naked, literally gyrating, basically, oh on a God. shark. Not he, a good he look. He denies I, that it was him. But it so was that's him. probably it where you're him. hearing that. But Nuff, it was him. Enough said. Fire up chips. CMU outright. Uh, Not yeah, even outright. They're, they're, they're minus they're seven. They're favorite. Nothing I, by three scores. Nothing to add for me. Uh, fire up chips for me as well. I'm not going to pretend to know like I know. 
mag football at all. Uh, it's going to be, like you said, a de facto home game. I like the crowd in this one. I like the fire, the energy, the passion. I don't know what the whole shark thing's about, but I, I like this guy already. Look give it me, up. It's give me the it's, chips. It's, it's pretty... Uh, it's pretty abusive it'll, and disgusting. It'll be the best performance by a football team from the state of Michigan in Ford Field all season long. Good one, Dad. So, Ball State, sorry, not Ball State, Miami of Ohio is not a good football team. They have lost in blowout fashion to other MAC teams. I think Central rolls in this game, and I think Central Michigan plays their next two games in Ford Field with the MAC Championship and the Quick Lane Bowl. Amory Collins, my mother, went to Central Michigan. That's why I'm picking Central Michigan. Fire up chips. Amory! Shout out Amory. They're covering minus seven. Jim McElwain will probably be gone after the game. That sucks for Central for Michigan. Next but, job. Yeah, but yeah. hey, that's the way it goes. Move on to an actual football game. What? what why are you pointing at Joe? Make him go first. Make, Make him go him first again. For okay. a hard game. For a hard game, fine. All right. as, as we looked at the Bring Big 12 championship game, a rematch of a game that happened a couple weeks ago, Oklahoma laying nine points, number six in the CFP, Baylor number seven in the CFP, noon kick on ABC in Jerry's world, Joe Dandron. Oh, man. You oh, man. Joe you Dandron's catchphrase. Oh, man. Danger, I Dandron. I like Baylor. I like Baylor. But. Nine? But, yeah, it's a lot of points, man. Oh. That's a lot of points. It is. Jalen Hurts is good. I know. And that comeback, I, Oklahoma might got the got the edge. Oklahoma, give me the Sooners. All right. I, I, it, the way he was talking made me think he was going to take Baylor. I will take the Bears. I'm not even going to take them to cover. I'm going to take them outright. I think that the last game that Baylor lost in like the last you know quarter, that was just abysmal. I think Baylor needs to win this game. I think they at least cover. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm thinking outright. I'm thinking it's going to make a, a bit of a spicy uh fourth slot for the playoff Oklahoma by a touchdown so that means Baylor covers I think Oklahoma wins Baylor covers I think nine's a lot of points but I almost think I could pick the underdog in every game just to be safe here with the conference championship games Oklahoma needs this win too I think they need to make a pretty impressive statement here to have a chance of going to the playoff I'll take the Sooners love Jalen Hurts I'm taking the Sooners Ryan Rabinowitz what do you think about Jalen Hurts lifting after the games uh, huge hardo move. Yes. Uh, not necessary to bring up in post game conversation. I, it annoys me to no one. Yeah, it's a okay. Put the away. Alex So I think this spread is really big. I don't like it because Oklahoma has played good teams relatively close recently. I, I got to go with the Bears on this one. Give me Baylor. I think this is the easiest line of the week. Oklahoma is going to win by four TDs maybe this I week. I don't think so. They're going to absolutely yeah, so blow. They played horrible in Waco and still won that football game. So you're just going to sell out on your guy, Matt Rule. I'm not going to sell out on him. I just think Oklahoma is a superior talent-wise, and they're going to beat him up and down the football field. And I think Oklahoma will come in motivated. I, I And they're basically... This team is in Dallas, Texas. It will be 75-35 Oklahoma fans. Just That's a fact. So I, I like Oklahoma big in this week. I, I, I really like this. I'm very confident. So probably fade me because I'm down a lot of money the last couple weeks. But let's let's move on to the AAC for a rematch of last week's game. So weird. So stupid. How do you have a conference that works like this? But whatever. The Americans aren't a real conference, so who cares? Memphis host Cincinnati. Number 17, Memphis. Highest ranked group of five team. Lane nine and a half at home. They were laying 
14 last week, but DeRitter did not, not DeRitter, Ritter did not play for Cincinnati, their starting quarterback. He's starting this week, 3.30 kick on ABC. Let's start off with Alex McCray. So I think this in this very weird situation, I have to go with the team that lost last week yeah. to at least cover this week just because they have very recent film, and it's hard to beat a, a team twice in a season. I, I got to go with the Cincinnati Bearcats on this one. Uh, Cincinnati has better jerseys. I like the Bearcats in this one. Ooh, hot take. Hot take. Here's another hot take. Luke Fickle will be the next head coach at Michigan State University. For that reason, I am going to... Don't laugh at me, Rabinowitz. If you're going to say something, say something to Mike. I, I was just giggling. I you're just giggling? I'm just, just laughing. You're just happy to be here? Yeah, I just, I'm just happy to be a part of something bigger than myself. Um, so with that being said... Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, last week, the Cincinnati starting quarterback was my friend Ben Bryant. Didn't play too bad. Siren. Absolutely not. How do you know As, him? Uh, we were in a Bible study together in high school. Oh, okay, take cool. it back. Your boys? Take it, Rab. Take it. I like the Bearcats. Nine and a half is a lot of points. I like the Bearcats to cover. Okay. Okay. Also, don't get where that hot take about Luke Fickle came from. That was left field. Cincinnati, though. Cincinnati. I like, Cincinnati. I like Memphis minus nine and a half. I, I Cincinnati played very well last week in Memphis. Yeah. I, uh, I I don't know why it's so big. That's why I'm taking it because like you play a team two weeks in a row, you expect it to be pretty close. I like Memphis. They get up and down the field. I like Mike Norvell. Move into the four o'clock CBS. Weird time slot, but they do it every year for the SEC championship game in Atlanta. LSU, lane minus seven, as they basically play. People are saying it's going to be a road game at the Georgia Dome. I doubt that because LSU will be able to travel. Yep. And guess what? Georgia never wins in Atlanta in the SEC championship game, so it doesn't matter. I'm going to go first. LSU by a lot. I like LSU to cover this line at seven. I'm not a big believer in Georgia this year. That's that's obvious by what you yeah, said so far goodness. today as well. I I don't know. I, I I want to pick Georgia because I think that they're a good team, but LSU hasn't let me down so far yep. this year. I think it's I think it's a ten point LSU. Oh win. my! You're stealing all my content. Sorry, Rabinowitz. I skipped you. Oh, it's fine. I totally. I'm a guest here. I understand. I'm just gonna finish my thought. Then go you go. Um, LSU covers. I think. But it's like I said, I think they they score late. They're like up a field goal. They get a touchdown late to win by ten. Go ahead, Rabinowitz. I just I, I'm a big Jake Fromm guy. I don't know why I always put this blind faith in Georgia that they're going to actually win in a big game like this and 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 get a deserving bid to the playoff. Uh, Jake Fromm, experienced guy. It's going to be a great game. I don't know why it's at three thirty. Four o'clock. It's at I'd rather watch it at eight o'clock. Um, I like Georgia here to cover. Not sure that they're going to win, um, but it'll be a good game, I hope. Alex McCray just shoving the Virginia-Purdue game in my face after telling him I bet on Virginia, but whatever. Uh, let's move on to Aiden Hunt. So my preseason national champion was Georgia. Okay. But that was before Big Game Burrow and Ed O were just running all around this country Go just spanking teams. I'll take LSU to win and to cover. Okay. I've been on the LSU train like all year. You're a Joe Burrow guy. Big Joe Burrow guy. So, he's Joe. My name's Joe. Picking LSU. Your name's Joe? I wasn't. 
All right, it's cool. easy. All Simple. Right. Sweet. In the most irrelevant conference in the Power Five, the ACC championship game on 8 o'clock on ABC. Number three, Clemson Lane, 28 points. I believe they play this game at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Virginia, number 23, seventh different team to win the Coastal last seven years, I believe, which is absolutely preposterous. But we'll start off. I I, I think Clemson lays the number. And, and the whole Dabo, like, fake adversities doing the Nick Saban act right now, I think it's pretty funny. People don't like it. But I, I think Clemson's in a hammer, Virginia. I think this... You know what? I switched my pitch. I think this team will be close in the first half, and then they hammer them. I feel like 28's a lot of points for a defense like Virginia. That's not horrible. They have some NFL talent on that defense. They have some NFL talent on that defense, but Clemson's full of NFL talent across Everywhere. the board. Everywhere. Uh, Clemson covers, and they win big. I, I, I could see them winning by 40. Whoa. Collins, you made a comment on the Green and White Report tonight that no one's talking about Clemson. No, no, at all, that's what that's which, what, which makes sense because they they play in a ridiculous conference. The, to to be favored by twenty eight points in your conference championship game is an absolute joke. It's embarrassing. I think the entire conference needs to, needs to dissolve. Uh, twenty eight points to me. I don't bet the teams. I bet the number. The number's too big. Yeah, I'll take Virginia. <laughs> Math guy Ryan Rabinowitz. Yeah, I'll take Virginia. You know. The ACC, you're right, Rabinowitz. The ACC should just play basketball. I mean, my they goodness. should get honestly. They should get rid of Syracuse. And well, Syracuse would be more than happy to go back into the Big oh, East. Yeah, the older fans don't care about their football. They care about their football team. But I, I think Syracuse would be like, we would be an independent if we could play basketball in the Big East again. Yeah, the, this number is so hard because Clemson's going to win by a lot. Yes, it's just a matter of. When they get going. Yeah, like what time in the game is... Because, you know, Trevor Lawrence, he doesn't tend to start too fast. The, he'll throw like, a pick yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, like probably in the first quarter, they'll get down in the red zone. He'll turn it over. Oh, 28 is tough. Clemson. Okay. Yeah, this just smells like a 27-point yeah, Clemson it, win. Yeah. So I'll take Virginia to cover. That's a bizarre line for a conference championship game, like, Virgin- Ra- like Rap said. Yeah, Virginia... Absolutely fantastic logo. We move on to Joe Dandron. You know what? Virginia, I think, is I think 28 is such a big number. Clemson, obviously, they beat uh, South Carolina, who Georgia lost to. That's a pretty good win because you don't really play anybody in the ACC, but I'm going to pick Virginia to cover in this one. Okay, I, 28 is just too many points for me. Okay, okay. I agree. I agree. And we move on to Indianapolis for the one I think most of us are most excited for. 8 o'clock on Fox. Gus Johnson, my boy on the call. Eric Bott does not like Gus Johnson. I just that that's Stop. You put words in my mouth. Why why do you why when I say I like when I made the comment that Gus Johnson should be sanctioned by human existence to be able to call that March Madness, why'd you say he's overrated? Because he is only good in the big moments. You listen 95. That's all you need. If you listen to the rest of the 90% of the game, he is below average, in my opinion. Okay. He's as good as it gets in the big moments. I'll give you that. Okay. But the rest of the game, in my opinion, I, you know, I'm not hating on Gus. Sounds like you are. I just, I mean, I'm sure he's a Detroit guy. He's a good guy, but I don't know. Shook his hand at the Michigan, Michigan State game. No biggie, but, uh, yeah. Good guy. UD guy, but, uh, Ohio State Lane sits the number one team in the country. Wisconsin all the way up to eight. We talked about how no one's really talking about this team. Does anyone have a feeling Wisconsin sort of going to give them a game? I yeah. kind of do. No I one's talking. So. I, no one's talking about this. Wisconsin. This Wisconsin defense is good, and I know they got shredded. So. They got shredded at the shoe, 
It's going to be a lot different in Indianapolis. Is it? Yes. I, I, I think I think Wisconsin covers the number. I don't. I, I think this number should be... It doesn't make sense how small this number is if there wasn't belief in this Wisconsin defense in Vegas. I believe in Jim Leonard and this defense to get it done and cover 16. Now, I like Wisconsin. I think they're a good team. Love Jonathan Taylor. I think they'll Love be able to run defense. the ball, too. Ohio State. I said this statistic earlier off. today. They have beaten seven bowl-eligible teams this year by an average of 28.8 points. I think they cover. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad McCray brought that up. I was I was trying to find a reason to take Wisconsin. Ohio State has killed everyone. Murdered. Like, it's not even Murdered. close. Uh, Wisconsin, I believe last year I took Wisconsin to go to the playoff, and they absolutely fell apart. So Wisconsin's essentially dead to me. I... I'm, you're just waiting to see Ohio State and LSU play each other yep. in, in the national championship. It's just inevitable. Uh, 16 is is more than enough for me. I will take Ohio State probably more than 16. Okay. Yeah, every, I echo everything Rabinowitz just said. I think Ohio State is as good as it gets in college football over the past even few years, not even just this year. Um, I mean, they, there's no weakness on anywhere you look on that team. Um, and so I think they easily cover 16. And they've historically other than against Michigan State in 2013, have performed extraordinarily well in the Big Ten Championship game. So, yeah, I think they cover easily. Earlier tonight, Jonathan Taylor won Big Ten Running Back of the Year, which is a slap in the face J.K. Yeah. Dobbins. I think Dobbins has 250-plus total yards of offense against Wisconsin, and I That's think Ohio State definitely covers. A lot of yards. You know what? Ohio I, State, let me guess. No. <laughs> no. 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 16 no. Wisconsin, I get the last time they played, it was not close, but 16 still is like, I don't know. I just don't want to trust that. I think it's going to be close. It's going to be just under. Wisconsin's going to cover by like a point or two to make a 14 Ohio State by two touchdowns. That's not a bad pick. No, so I'm going to go Wisconsin. Okay, so me and it's going to be barely. Barely. Me and and Danger are on the Badgers. We don't have a wild card this week because there's not really anything to. App State. Yeah. App State. So we're always going to take App State? Nope. That's what I I was doing every week for a while. Another good week of the pits. Another good episode. Special guest Ryan Rabinowitz. What what did you think of the pits compared to your experience last year? Was it better than last year? Oh, yeah. This is much better. No slight to those guys. It is a slight to them. This is a more welcoming crew. More welcoming group here. It is a slight to them. Well, I think (laughs) just about everyone in the room has been on the Green and White Report and has been so great. Graciously treated onto that show, oh, so of course. we we have to. We you have guys to are the best in the Aiden, business. Aiden Hunt looking away from the camera as we talk about the Green and White Report. Have you never, been, busy on never been on Sundays? Never been on. I'm busy on Sundays. It's true. Yeah, that is true. actually, that's not true. I've been on the Green and White Report, but not during Ryan Rabinowitz's rain. That's how long Hunt's been around. Been been here. I, I was <laughs> you know, last time I was on Green and White Report was the summer of 2018. Wow, and I was doing World Cup coverage. Good for you. It's been a minute since I've been on the Green White Report. Got to get back on, though. Right? Okay. Let's, let's talk. I got you. That might be the longest podcast I've done here at Impact, but it was a joy. It was a good time. We'll be back next week. I, I don't know what we're going to do next week. We'll probably do like our season awards and stuff like that, preview wherever Michigan State's going for the bowl game. I think we might also have another like extra hour thing for, I don't know if, what we're doing. We might do a little bowl patron slash gambling type of thing, but we'll, we'll see what we do. But for Ryan Collins, Alex McCray, special guest Ryan Rabinowitz in his Quebec Nordiques hat that I'm a big fan of in his Justin Applicator shirt. And I forgot Eric Bott's name again. Thank you. And I'm kidding. And senior member, which what's another name for old person? 
Elder. Elder. Senior, Mal- elder of the pod. Senior elder, citizen. Elder of the pod, Aiden Hunt. I like that. And Big Dog, Lead Dog. Danger Dandron. Joe Danger Dandron, our boss. And Ryan Collins. Again, for you. Thank you for listening to Spartan Red Zone. Hope to hear you guys next week. You have been listening to Spartan Red Zone, a production of Impact 89 FM. For more Michigan State sports news, visit impact89fm.org slash sports.